0: Good morning. It is Thursday, November 10th. It is seven minutes after nine. He's Rob Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels, and Republicans are expected to take a narrow control of the House of Representatives. Of course, the fate of the Senate will come down to three races that are yet to be called, Nevada, Arizona, and a runoff election in Georgia. Biden predicted that GOP majorities in Congress would make life more difficult for him as president. <laughs> he delivered a speech yesterday about four o'clock. It was the first time he spoke after the midterms and a survey has revealed deep worries about his performance and his ability to continue serving, but he was asked about it and he's not changing.
1: Yeah, so, okay, a couple things before we get to these Biden audio clips. One, we got so many phone calls yesterday, voicemails, At coming up in the 10 o'clock hour, we're going to devote multiple segments to how people were feeling. Mm-hmm. And what people need to realize, and you can hate me you can yell at me you can whatever me the reality of this is that two things have factored into what happened number one the republicans did better in 2022 than the democrats did in 2018 in the sense of democrats got the house republicans got the house but republicans actually added senate seats in 2018 and Remember at the time, the media is like, what a blue wave. Everyone's for the—the Republicans added seats in the Senate. Mm -hmm. And so so don't buy to the fact that, oh, what an utter disappointment. If you know what's actually going on, in a weird way, we are almost wave-proofing society. And what I mean by that is people are exiting— states they don't like or that have politics they don't like and moving to states they do like so what that is doing is it is creating because every state has two senate seats it is now there are fewer and fewer actual swing states so it is harder and harder to air quote pick up a senate seat same thing going on with the house of representatives in the sense of the state legislatures, because people have moved and have created overwhelming or or large legislatures like here in Indiana that can draw congressional districts. Well, Indiana has drawn seven super Republican congressional districts that they will likely never lose in the next decade, but they've created two uber Democrat congressional districts that they will likely never lose. So, when you're talking about where the country is and we get getting getting a lot of phone calls on how could people be voting for democrats the that show that the people are very frustrated with the economy it doesn't matter it's how the maps are drawn it's how the makeup of the state exists and so people need to realize that we are probably past the era of red wave blue wave. There may be marginal pickups like you're seeing. The Republicans are going to get the House. It's not going to be an overwhelming margin. They may get the Senate. It may be 50-50. It may be 51-49. But the era of gigantic pickups because of the movement of people is is over. Mm -hmm. It's done with. So just accept that.
0: I've seen a lot of people saying, hey, Pennsylvania, are you okay? And also, how are we all going to fit in Florida?
1: <laughs> and, 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 we'll, and we talked about this yesterday. And when we get to the phone calls, we're going to get into it again. People, I am amazed at the people, many of whom who likely straight ticket vote here in Indiana, mm-hmm. are complaining about how John Fetterman became a U.S. senator. John Fetterman and Diego, again, I'll use the analogy, are the Spider-Man guy pointing at each other. They're the, same, they're the same guy in terms of you have a brutally incompetent person who has no business being in the office, but the same, they are in the office now for the same reason, yes. which is people who are either out of fear or hatred or whatever for the other side just blindly went in and, and punched a straight ticket ballot. So, I, I can't believe that people are not realizing this is, these people are in office for the same reason, until we figure out, and I don't think you can get rid of or eliminate or force people not to straight ticket vote, like in the states that still have the straight ticket voting, Mm -hmm. you're not going to... It's just going to keep happening. Right. And, and, And even in states that don't have straight ticket voting, people are so ingrained that I'm going to just punch, even if I have to punch, I'm using straight ticket voting as not in the sense of just straight ticket vote. I'm talking about people who will just blindly go in and, hey, I'm a Democrat, so everything's a Democrat, or I'm a Republican, so everything's a Republican. Until we get people to actually work through their ballots and pick the best person, it it doesn't matter. But all of that being said, so Biden had a press conference yesterday Mm -hmm. and said he intends to do nothing different in terms of the direction of the country. Uh, Americans are frustrated, and in fact, 75% of voters say the country is heading into the wrong direction, despite the results of last night. What in the next two years do you intend to do differently uh, to change people's uh, opinion of the direction of the country, particularly as you contemplate a run for president in 2024?
2: Nothing, because they're just finding out what we're doing. The more they know about what we're doing, the more support there is. Do you know anybody who wants us to get rid of the change we made on prescription drug prices and raise prices again? Do you know anybody who wants us to walk away from building those roads and bridges and, and the Internet and so on? I don't, I don't know. I think that the problem is the major piece of legislation we passed, and some of it bipartisan, takes time to be recognized. Biden,
1: well, Biden hasn't, but Biden's people have, and they have told him, they have figured out the same thing that Spendingberg figured out here. And it's the, again, Spider-Man pointing at each other. Mm-hmm. They don't have any reason to fear you. So if they don't have any reason to fear you, why would they change? Based on the election results, why would Joe Biden dramatically alter course from what he's done? Yes, he's going to lose the House, but it is not by 60 or 80 votes. He may lose the Senate. It may still be 50-50. But based on those results and the lunatic liberalism his people, advisors, whatever you want to call them, are wed to, why would he change? Same thing with Todd Young. Why would Spendingberg stop spending the money? Not only did he not get punished, he got rewarded. Mm -hmm. This is no different than dogs or children or anything else. If you don't punish someone, they're going to keep doing the thing that rewards the behavior.
0: An AP Vote cast study says that only 44% described Biden as honest, and just 34% said he's a strong leader. Overall, 57% of voters said they have an unfavorable, unfavorable view of him, and his uh, approval ratings on the economy, energy policy, and border security were all underwater.
1: Here, here is something people need to realize, and we've got one more clip from Biden that's just unbelievable, but we'll play it here in a second. These politicians and I'm talking about the more national politics, I'm not talking about some guy that might be your local constable or your city council member. They do not care about your opinion of them. They care about whether they are in the office in question. Like how connected do you think Spendingburg will be for the next six years to Indiana? And this is true of any national politician, senator or congressperson. The vast majority of their time is spent in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. That is the crowd they hang out with. That is the people they run around with. That is who they pal around with. They don't care about you. They don't care whether you like them or dislike them. Spendingberg cared whether you were willing to press the button for him. And Spendingberg knew, just like Diego knew, that there will be enough people who will straight-ticket vote that it doesn't matter what your opinion on me. Same thing with Joe Biden. And here we are. This is how little Joe Biden fears you. He was asked about congressional investigations into his family. Mm-hmm. And remember, we've been telling you for months now, if you think that this is going to be some great moment where the Republicans get the house and Hunter Biden's going to be you know, whisked away in shackles, you're joking because the Republicans are a joke. It's the same people... It's the same, largely the same club. They just are benefactored by other people. Mm -hmm. Listen to this. Biden's not afraid at all.
2: And then my, my <laughs> final question. <laughs> um, Republicans have made it clear that if they do take control of the House, that they want to launch a, a raft of investigations on day one into your handling of Afghanistan, the border. Uh, they want to look into some of your cabinet officials. They want to investigate you. They may even want to investigate your son. What's your message to Republicans who are considering investigating your family and particularly your son Hunter's business dealings? Lots of luck in your senior years, my coach used to say. Look, um, I think the American public want us to move on and get things done for them. And, uh, you know, I heard that there were uh, – it was reported, whether it's accurate or not, I'm not sure, but it was reported many times that Republicans were saying – and the former president said, how many times are you are going to impeach Biden? You know, impeachment proceeding against Biden. I mean, I think, the re- I think the American people will look at all of that for what it is. It's just, uh, I'm almost comedy. I mean, it's, uh, but, you know, look, I can't control what they're going to do. All I can do is continue to try to make life better for the American people.
1: Okay, so he's not afraid at all. He's not worried at all. We've been telling you this for six months now. He knows what a joke the Republicans are. And again, I will just put this out there. Uh, you straight ticket Republican voters You are the ones responsible For holding Spendingberg And your congressman accountable Because I can tell you right now I didn't vote for Spendingberg and I didn't vote for Jim Baird, my U.S. rep, because he's done nothing. So I'm not in on this. I'm divorced from all this. You straight ticket Republican voters are the ones who have to hold these people accountable because you believe the bull crap they peddled again. So when the investigations don't go anywhere, when nothing happens to Hunter Biden, when nothing happens to Joe Biden, that is a question for you, not for me.
0: Well, in his answer, though, he was misrepresenting the truth. He said, lots of luck in your senior year as my coach used to say. Okay, he played on the freshman team at the (laughs) University of Delaware. He quit after one semester because of poor academic performance. He also said that he planned to call Republican congressional leaders and he opened the door to seeking compromise with them. These are the same people that he was calling fascists just weeks ago. So now he wants to compromise with them without shifting his top priorities.
1: I I was told by so many people who justified the young voting and the Mm -hmm. straight ticket voting. Well, we'll hold them accountable. Okay, great. Now's your opportunity, because I'm telling you right now, nothing is going to happen to Hunter Biden. Nothing is going to happen to Joe Biden. And it's nothing's going to happen because those people, they do not fear you. So you're the ones who told me you were going to hold them accountable. I can't wait to see what you're going to do.
0: It's 18 minutes after nine with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So there's more craziness going on in Pennsylvania besides the Fetterman win. (laughs) And we'll get to that coming up from 93 WIBC. In Pennsylvania, in addition to Fetterman being a senator-elect, they've done something else and rather than me explain it, here's this guy, a real American maniac.
1: You Democrats are silly people, but Pennsylvania, you're on another level right now. Check this out, Pennsylvania state representative re-elected despite being dead. We are proud to see the voters continue to show their confidence in him and his commitment to democratic values. But he's dead. Getting weekend at Bernie vibes real bad right now. All honesty, he's probably gonna do a better job than Biden and Fetterman. PA, don't give up. Don't be upset. Next year, the Pittsburgh Pirates could go win the pennant. They could. <laughs> they could probably win a 500, be above 500. And you got the Phillies.
2: They are good.
0: So, a Pennsylvania state representative, Tony DeLuca, has been reelected despite the fact that he has passed away. Yes. He was the longest serving member of the uh, House of Representatives, serving 39 years, but he did pass away last month at the age of 85 due to lymphoma. And they said it was too late to change his name on the election ballot.
1: Oh, and again, it comes back to, it is easy for us to sit here or or easy for conservatives to hear this. And of course, this story has made the rounds now because it is what it is and say, boy, this is so ridiculous. But I come back to what I told you yesterday. The same reason this guy won is the same reason that in Henry County, a a person was elected to local office with a fairly serious criminal background and i guarantee you the vast majority of people who pulled the straight ticket lever had Mm -hmm. no idea that guy was on the ballot they had no idea who he is they had no idea his background and they still don't probably to this second know who they voted for that was a republican straight ticket ballot Mm -hmm. this is a democrat straight ticket ballot you, you see, I mean, you see, we keep coming back to the same thing here, where both sides keep pointing the finger at each other, but you're both doing the same things, and yet you both sit on some moral high horse as though you're not the same person you're you, doing it better you are the same person you are doing the same thing and it's not changing anytime soon here's an interesting statistic that I learned yesterday our friend I know we got to get to a break but kloppensteinstein mm-hmm. Brad kloppensteinstein yeah. uh, told me this and I've no reason to doubt it. I think it's pretty accurate it may be a point one percent either way. In the 17 counties within 60 miles of downtown Indianapolis, Mm -hmm. Jeff Moore got 7% or more in every single one of those counties. And I think he got 6.9% in Marion County. In the remaining 75 counties across the state, he got 7% or more in one county. Let me repeat that. In our listening area, where we were instructing and walking people through the dangers of straight ticket voting, the laziness of straight ticket voting, who Diego Morales was, etc. Jeff Moore got 7% or better in all 17 counties within another. Again, there's still counting votes so it could alter a little bit within, within 70 counties, within 60 miles of Indianapolis. Those people knew what was going on. Our listeners are a part of the process. They're engaged people, mm-hmm. and they voted accordingly. Outside of that, where people don't hear us, that means nobody else is talking about this in the entire state. We are the only people right here on this radio station talking about how ridiculous straight-ticket voting is and giving honest assessments of who the candidates are. Whoa, whoa, not doing it. Evansville, not doing it. For, uh, uh, Jeffersonville, not doing it. Uh, Lake County, not doing it. And until people get educated on this and not just educated, but it gets drilled into their heads, which is what we do every day you're going to keep getting this. Whether it's Democrats in Pennsylvania or Republicans here, bad people will keep, or let me reference that, bad candidates will keep winning.
0: I did receive a text from Jeff, and I'd like to share it with you. I I told him, uh, good luck tonight. This was the other night. And he replied back, he said, results were extremely disappointing, but I couldn't be more proud of my campaign team, our clean campaign, and the positive, healthy message we ran on. Seems like about 100,000 people heard it, so we can build on that. He went on to say, I've been working full throttle since i came back from military leave i knew i wanted to get to this point so that i could look back and have no regrets and i can honestly say that i do not
1: he's way too nice
0: 28 minutes after nine I, it's Kennelly casey on 93 wibc
1: i have a big announcement when we come back i know earth shattering announcement earth
0: shattering oh boy stick around for it it's coming up from 93 wibc On 93WIBC, we invite you to join us on YouTube. All you have to do is type in Kennelly Casey, WIBC, into the YouTube search bar, and you will see our beautiful faces. You posted a picture last night on Twitter, Rob, of you and Donald Trump, where it seems like you were breaking up.
1: Uh, yes. I uh, Two things I did on Twitter last night. Uh, I did post the infamous picture of me and the president. hmm And I just said, look, this has been an almost eight-year relationship. Mm -hmm. And after, and in my mind, the song Closing Time was was playing in the background (laughs) as I was tweeting this. I said, you know, it's been an almost eight-year thing. I believed in you when no one else did. I was laughed at and ridiculed by my... Republican establishment friends when I said Trump will be the nominee. He was. I was laughed at by the uh, media apparatus in the city, including people here, when I was the only person saying Trump would win the presidency. He did. But I said, as of yesterday, Mm -hmm. given Trump's repetitive, childish, ridiculous behavior, coupled with the rise of a Well, more worthy gentleman caller, shall we say. (laughs) I am ending my relationship with Donald Trump. And as I said at the end, it's not me, it's you. It's
0: you. And so, uh,
1: then my wife, who is highly skilled in the computers and the memeing, as the kids like to say, mm-hmm. uh, was able to...
0: Photoshop DeSantis's <laughs> DeSantis. head over Trump.
1: And so, that is now my uh, profile picture. If you find at uh, Robin Kendall on Twitter, you will see my wife's incredible artwork, uh, photoshopping Ron DeSantis's face. On Trump's body, and now we're shaking hands together. I
0: wonder if Ron DeSantis will tell you it was like a great dream meeting you.
1: <laughs> Look, and I, it's funny. Like, is a I'm almost like getting emotional talking about this, and it's wholly ridiculous. But part so much of my identity and why I rose in media was because this guy, me, was the Indiana Trump guy. Like, I took the risk when other people didn't, including many people at this station. And Mm -hmm. it's a big reason, the interview with Trump, why I ended up over here. And so I don't take it lightly to say, well, we've got to move on from this. But I care about my country. I care about the survival of the country. I care about the leadership of the country. And Donald Trump has proven that he cannot deliver past the group of ardent Trump supporters. And what I mean by that is, unless he runs against Hillary Clinton, mm-hmm. and the egregious mistake Trump made, and it became very clear about a year into the presidency, and look, I felt for this too. You see the rallies, you see everywhere he goes, there's stadiums full of people, and you say, oh my gosh, the the kaboom that is happening in this country is just unbelievable. And every close race, Trump will, will parachute in, and his rallies will propel people across the finish line. What you quickly realize is a huge swath of people who voted for Trump in 2016 were anti-Hillary Clinton votes. And Tony said something this morning that, and you know I load to give Tony Katz credit for anything, but Tony said something that I thought was really great, and I'm going to mess <laughs> up exactly how he said it, but the sentiment of it is fine. You, you can't just appeal to your base... You have to govern and appeal to the constituency. And what I mean by that is, in a Republican primary, you can win by people falling in love with you, becoming enamored with you, believing in you. That is enough. But in the general election, the majority of people are not nearly as invested They are a fraction of invested as the people in the primary. And those people vote on personality. They vote on competence. They vote on how they feel about you. And Donald Trump and his candidates, more importantly, his candidates, as we have seen, Mm. are not consistently capable of getting across the finish line. Ron DeSantis has proven not only is he capable of doing that and winning those people, but he is able, uh, more importantly, to lift People on the ticket with him see Marco Rubio, mm-hmm. who went from consistently close races in Florida to a 17-point victory.
0: Mm-hmm. A lot of people right now are blaming Trump for some of the weak candidates in the primaries.
1: You, and you should. Dr. Oz is 100% Donald mm-hmm. Trump. If, Do, if Dr. Oz had stayed out of that equation, or if Trump had stayed out of the equation, Dr. Oz would not have been the nominee, and the guy who is a more traditional Republican, uh, who was running against Dr. Oz? There were three people, but the guy who they tied and it was within a thousand votes or whatever, he would have probably won that that state, or w- at least would have had a much better chance than Oz would have. That's wholly on Trump. In Arizona, Blake Masters was the Trump guy. Will he win? I don't know, but Trump clearly didn't give him some gigantic, gigantic boost. Look, there are. Trump does something to people psychologically that I have never seen before in politics. And what I mean by this is Reagan inspired many, many people, right? Many, many people loved Ronald Reagan and they were inspired to go vote for him. He did not inspire mass psychosis and hate on the other side. Clearly, he won 49 states in 1984. Trump is able to, at the same time, inspire an undying, unbreakable love with people Yet at the same time, in the same country, mm-hmm. in the same state, in maybe even people that live across the street from each other. it's v- Visceral. It, it visceral hate. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, there are more people who hate him than like him. So I'm done here. Eight years in, I've given all that I can. I've defended the guy. I care about my country more than the guy. I'm all in on Ron DeSantis, so buckle up, people, because we're going to be talking about winning, mm-hmm. the Trump phrase. We're going to be talking about governing, which is what we should have been talking about all along. Ron DeSantis is the winner in all of that, in winning and governing and everything. And this this um, this tweet from Trump, it's not a tweet. What? A, what a, it's truth. This truth, mm-hmm. the other night, was last yesterday afternoon mm-hmm. was was what did it for me and why I finally just put the thing out there and said we're done here. So this is after Ron DeSantis has now made what was the ultimate prize swing state a deep red state. Mm-hmm. So talk about what a relief for the Republicans. Now we don't have to invest huge amounts of resources there. We can put them somewhere else. It's a huge win. It's he lifts Rubio which was considered a swing, you know, Senate election Anything other than celebration and great job, Ron DeSantis, totally uh, unnecessary. Here's what Trump had to say. Now that the election in Florida is over and everything went quite well, shouldn't it be said that in 2020, I got 1.1 million vote more votes in Florida than Ron D got this year, 5.7 million to 4.6 million, just asking. So by the way, I did also want to clarify to people, as part of the breakup, no more Whitney and no more Trump voice. We're done with that. It's it's like it's like when you tell somebody to get their stuff and get out of your house. There's no chance we're getting back together. Mm-hmm. It's over and all the gems that come with Trump we're we're done with that. You're going to have to practice
0: your Ron DeSantis voice. Uh, well, he also went on and he truthed out more. <laughs> He said, while in certain ways, yesterday's election was somewhat disappointing, from my personal standpoint, it was a very big victory, 219 wins and 16 losses in the general. Who has ever done that before? Who's ever done better than that?
1: But he's endorsing people like Jim Banks and Greg Pence and Aaron Houchin. It's like, dude, endorsing people in safe red districts is not a victory. It'd be like if Duke played Marion College... You know, IU played Marion College in their scrimmage game and won by whatever it was, 50 points. You didn't see them tweeting out huge, braggadocious proclamations, no offense to Marion College, because you should. If Greg Pence didn't win, something really, really crazy is going on here. That is not a victory. And the fact is, in the swing states, and your primary endorsement, Casey, does not matter. It doesn't matter. If the guy or girl loses in the general election, Mm -hmm. then it was a failure.
0: Right. Trump told DeSantis not to hurt himself. And this is interesting. The website electionbettingodds.com now gives DeSantis a 26.8% chance of winning the presidency. And that means Trump slid out of first place, falling to 18 and a half odds of retaking the White House.
1: The number one thing that Ron DeSantis can do right now is ignore Trump. Continue for the next six months. Don't announce you're running for president. Don't tease it. Don't nothing. People are looking for government from competence in government. So the number one thing that he can do now is continue to build upon mm-hmm. successes in his home state and whenever you are prepared to run or ready to run, everyone knows who you are now. Everyone wants you to run. Don't give it to him right away. Make him make him want it more, man. Yeah. Kevin knows this. When you go to a concert, you don't want your favorite artist to play your favorite song right away. You want to cling to it. You want to hang on to it. At the very end, is he going to play it? Why hasn't he played it? What is happening here? Right, It's the crescendo. Exactly. Yeah. Just keep doing your thing,
0: man. By the way, shares of Trump Media and his Truth Social platform fell yesterday. They closed 19% lower than the day before. Yeah,
1: we're, we're done here.
0: It's 945. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And let's turn local. Will Hogset run again? We'll discuss it coming up from 93 WIBC.
2: Whether it's audiobooks or
0: all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Continuing on with the Trump conversation, because we love to get people riled up in the morning. Get your heart rate going. 949 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So here's my take, Rob. I don't believe that it's a bad thing that it wasn't overwhelmingly a red wave. Now, certainly I want us to have control of the House and the Senate to block some of the ridiculous policies of the Biden administration. However, a red wave, a red tsunami... May not have been in the best interest for the country because Trump would have taken credit for that. Yeah, And this way, we gain control, but not overwhelmingly, this gives the GOP a chance to reset.
1: Yeah. Uh, so this is interesting. Man, this has been a long time ago now. 12 years ago or so, I was doing talk radio in North Carolina. and. This was at the height of the Tea Party stuff. This was heading into what would become the Republican bloodbath on the Democrats in the fall election. And I told people at the time, I said, Mitt Romney was probably the best Republican choice to be the presidential nominee. And of course, you know, the audience there, this was Southeastern North Carolina, Mm -hmm. Wilmington area, was very engaged, very involved, very, a lot of them Republican activists, et cetera, like they are here. Mm And man, people just lost their minds over it. And I said, listen, I said, the reality is, and it's amazing, 12 years later, I'm basically still saying the same thing. You and Talk Radio Land need to realize that the average person does not view the world the same way you do, nor are they as engaged Mm -hmm. in the world the same way you are. And I say that as a compliment. I'm complimenting our audience when I say that. You are some of the most informed, passionate, wonderful people in the world. I love average. I love it. Mm -hmm. But you have to accept the fact that the average person that you meet at the Walmart or the grocery store or the hardware store or whatever is not. And as such, those people are not looking for the same thing that you are looking for or demand from their government. You are right. They are wrong. I'm saying in this equation, you, you mm-hmm. are the good person. The, the, you have the high ground for demanding it. But you can say whatever. Their vote still counts the same as yours. Great example here. School board races. What do we hear from people on our audience over and over and over again about the wokeness, about the critical Mm -hmm. race theory, about, Mm -hmm. you know, out of control spending, all of these things. You're right. But the average person is not passionate about that. I heard Tony Kennett talk with Hammer and Nigel yesterday about why really the only place that the consistently there was damage done in these school board races, the liberty and freedom people was Fishers and what they did that the other communities didn't do, even though it's the same issues that were concerning to many people they ran effective responsible campaigns where yes they were talking about those core issues but they were also talking about things outside of the buzzwords that were able to attract enough Mm -hmm. other people who Look, a lot of people buy into, whether it's Brownsburg, Avon, Fisher, uh, uh, Hamilton, Southeastern, Carmel, Zionsville, they buy into this meaningless thing like, we're the number one school system and whatever. Well, the fact is that a huge portion of your students are still not living up to the standard, but we're number one. The average parent hears that and goes, well, why wouldn't we want to be number one? Mm -hmm. Why would I change what's going on? You have to educate and inform people, and you have to do it in a manner and a way that does not alienate the regular person you bump into at the grocery store. And Trump does not do that. Trump gets all these same, again, to use the analogy here, the same people that were uber-passionate about these school board races. Yes, they're Trump voters, but in many cases, these same people, just like Trump, they're not. there's not enough of them To propel you or the cause or the candidate to victory. You have to be able to speak to the passionate people, but yet also speak to the people who want competent, reliable, somewhat fiscally accountable governance. Trump does not do that. Trump not only does not speak to those people, he alienates them. And someone like, and we're using Ron DeSantis, but there are other people, he's the cause du jour of the day is able to clearly speak to those regular people in addition to the base of the republican party so you can either be 100 wed to whatever made up moral cling you have i'm just throwing words. i'm like biden here i'm throwing words together they don't go together but you know what i'm saying these people who are so attached to trump and you're wrong you're wrong you're wrong you're wrong trump's great he's great he's great okay but he can't win do you think that there are levels Yes. Of
0: of Trumpism, there's like the ultra MAGA, and then there's the MAGA, and then there's what, MAGA-lite?
1: Yes. I think there are people who are 100% in the Trump camp. They believe it. You'll never pull them out. Mm -hmm. I think there are people who liked a lot of the things that Trump said, but they need something more than just, wow, this guy's got some interesting views. I think there are people who are on the fringe on it, who bought into it and got tired of it. And then I think there are people like me who are just giant trolls <laughs> and just enjoyed the fact that Trump made people that I really don't like completely miserable.
0: I like how you ended this segment by calling yourself a troll. It's Rob Kendall and Casey Daniels on 93 WIBC. Good morning.